continuing episodes of mindfulness through fishing without bait. Fishing without bait was a concept originated and conceived by myself as an issue where an individual could live a life without definitive expectation. So uh, my thoughts are today, and I'm joined by my uh, good friend and uh, producer, co-host, uh, Mr. Mike. Uh, so Mr. Mike, when someone goes fishing and they put bait on their hook, are there, is there an expectation? Certainly, there's an expectation a fish is going to bite the, the, the hook and eat the that worm. That going, you're going to catch fish, right? Yes. Okay, so generally overall, do people describe fishing as a pleasant experience? Yeah, generally, I would believe. Mm-hmm. So where generally does, do people fish at? The lake. The lake or somewhere. The stream, yes. the bubbling brooks. The bubbling brooks, somewhere out in nature, mm-hmm. somewhere away from all the technology, all the uh, chaos, all the sights, sounds, and images that continually bombard us every second, is it not? Right. So would you say that many people, particularly in the Western culture, have to fish to survive, Mike? That they're fishing for their dinner or their family survival. In the Western culture, certainly not. Absolutely. So the fishing is more of a, it's more of a sport. It's more of a hobby. It's for many people. It's it's relaxation, right? Going out and getting away. So what I'm I'm alluding to is it that important to catch a fish, Mike? No, no. I, I mean, other than scoring the fish points for the day, I guess. So if you went out there saying that I have to catch a 15-inch rainbow trout and you came home without it, how would how would the experience have been? Oh, you'll you'll feel defeated. You didn't you didn't set your you didn't attain your goal. Right. So when we set unreasonable expectations on ourselves or on the event, quite often we end up disappointed and frustrated. Right. And how does that shape our attitude? How does that shape our personality? How does that shape us going forward in our lives? It 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 it, it casts a shadow over it. It does. It it certainly does. So where the where the concept of fishing without bait, uh, we're entering into life with. And a beginner's mind with a bit of openness. And, of course, we're aiming, we're going forward. However, setting it up without definitive expectations, uh, we can expect the unexpected. We can be open to possibilities. Mike, have you ever uh, sat on a bus or you were mentioning to me about being on a uh, public transportation? Uh, you're usually on there with a lot of people, are you not? Usually, yeah, especially if it's uh, after a light-up night or, or during rush hour or something. Absolutely, sure. So when people are generally talking, and a lot of the conversation that you overhear on the buses of public transportation, maybe mainly in restaurants, so what, are, what do people often talk about? They Do they talk about how joyous life is? Do they talk about how wonderful everything is? No, there's a lot of what's going on in the world, what's going wrong, what thing I have to deal with at work today. Uh, and I noticed this at the coffee shop as well, right? Yes, yes, for sure. So 
in the past couple episodes, we've talked about mindfulness as it relates to uh, Christianity. We've talked about mindfulness as it relates to Islam. And in our next podcast, we're taking a break from that. We're going to be talking about mindfulness as it relates to Judaism. So, however, when, let's get if, if we get back to uh, the Buddha and when he talks about, and the first noble truth of the Buddha is that life is suffering. So the original word in Sanskrit, Mike, uh, for suffering is called dukkha. So let's break down let's break down suffering or dukkha. Uh, the Buddhists break it down into basically three parts, which is dukkha dukkha, which is a sensation or a feeling that we get from uh, the negative, negative physical, negative uh, mental experiences. And where where the Buddhism comes in, where the mindfulness comes in, not necessarily Buddhisms, is that we have a choice of accepting rather than rather than revisiting the suffering and revisiting the pain. We have a choice. The second breakdown would be Sankara Dukkha, which is that the narrative of our mind is to describe experiences. So, and this is where the voice of suffering comes from, Mike, when we're having negative experiences, when we've had a negative thought, things have happened. So what happens in your mind after something really rotten happens to you? What, uh, what happens when somebody steps on your foot? Somebody trips you in line, you get a flat tire. It just colors the, your thoughts from then on, right? It's a, it, everything you take on the uh, worst case scenario in everything that follows, Yes, and then you develop your own little story in your head, don't you? Exactly. That plays over and over again. And quite often it can get a little bit embellished, can it not? Certainly. Everybody's out to get me. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, I, I, I hear those stories of like, I'm like, I don't know why I ever, no, nobody lets me advance. Nobody lets me do this. I was like, well, well, no, no, nobody's out to get you in particular. The world is not out to get you in particular. It just feels that way because it's all you're perceiving that's the your perception your perception absolutely so what you are doing is that you're talking yourself into the continuation of of negativity so the third uh, part of the breakdown in buddhism is vispranama dukkha which is suffering from pleasant experiences so let's say, well, or supposed pleasant experiences. Let's say a person with addiction, a person in, with addiction to any type of a substance or whatever, uh, that they're deriving some type of pleasure from that, are they not? Right. However, what is the end story to that? Usually it catches up with them. It's suffering. Mm-hmm. It is suffering. Mm-hmm. So what they're doing is they're getting suffering from normally what would they would consider pleasant experiences. Or, or Mike, let's say, have you ever met anybody that couldn't bear to live without somebody else? Yeah. Or somebody, maybe a pet or an animal, and 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 they're just their whole life is wrapped around them. It's just certainly pleasurable when they're with them, are they? Right. Or no, when I'm with you. But sometimes, let's say, let's say if you have a lover, if you have a partner, and you're with them and you enjoy being with them so much, and that's certainly pleasure, is it not? However, at the same time, you're thinking about when they're going away. You're thinking about when you're not going to be with them. Again, it's the narrative that's that's playing in your head. 
again, we we're talking, we're talking about this narrative, and we're getting back to mindfulness so again. And so, like the people that they're they're in a good situation, and and they're just um, waiting for the other foot to drop, right? And 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 running that over, and, and say, what happens when this happens? You know, which it will eventually happen in their heads, right? And what would one call that, Mike? But time traveling, exactly. Time traveling, they, they, everything that we've been talking about the last twenty episodes, all all interweaves, all interconnects, all there. There's no there's no disconnect between any of it. So, however, remember, pain is a reality in this world. Suffering suffering has its has its issues, and the suffering has causes that can be released through contemplative practices, which is one of the major major thoughts of mine as proceeding forward with with our mindfulness journey. So pain stems from your body, Mike. Pain stems from the body. Suffering suffering grows out of pain. Suffering grows out of pain. Can there be suffering without pain? There's no chicken and egg thing here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's no there's there's no there's nothing there's nothing that can first. Okay? Uh, however, so what reinforces suffering? What are some of the things that we reinforce suffering with? We reinforce suffering with worry. We reinforce suffering with fear. We reinforce suffering with stress, with insecurity, with greed and loss. So being mindful of emotions quite often is what we say, Mike, is when we when we're able to accurately label and describe fear, worry, stress, insecurity, greed, and loss, then we're able to have some type of control over it. And again, what are we looking at? What feeds the suffering? Can we stop the pain? No. Uh, can we prevent that moment where the bumblebee stings us? No. However, we can We can certainly have some choice over how to do that. So, and again, we've talked, we talk a lot, a lot about forgiveness, don't we, Mike? Yeah, we talked about forgiveness, and what one another aspect of forgiveness is freeing us from the past. Mm-hmm. Think about that for a moment. Forgiveness frees us from the past. How would you How would you interpret that, Mike? When you forgive, you're not going back and thinking about that. You're not doing the time traveling. You're 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 cut off from it, and you don't have to worry about it. You're freeing. So, what do we do with the time traveling? When we're in the past, we bring the pain of that past into the present. And when we can truly forgive, not only others but truly ourselves, when we make a choice again, we come back to the choice about whether we can take the power away from those negative thoughts and feelings. And again, how do we take away the power? We label them. We label them. It's like, it's like, have you ever heard anybody on a farm? Uh, I've heard this story once where this, uh, this family had a farm and the child had a uh, pet, pet cow, okay, raised it from a calf. And when the father had raised this Catherine said, "Well, someday, you know, we're going to we're going to slaughter and we're going to make 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 food out of it. And we're going to uh, sell the meat and and make ourselves a little money." So you know what the uh, you know what the child did to uh, have the avoid having the father slaughter the cow he raised. He gave it a name. He gave the cow a name. So after he gave the cow a name, it personalized it. And then how could his father? How could his father? 
uh, take that cow's life once it had a name. I think that's a rather poignant story. That tells uh, that certainly tells us. So there's a uh, gentleman by the name of uh, Leo Buscaglia, and I uh, I love this quote. He says that worry never robs tomorrow of its sorrow; it only saps today of its joy. Worry never robs tomorrow of its sorrow; it only saps today of its joy. Could you uh, could you talk a little bit about that, Mike? About sapping today of its joy, worry does. You know, you you don't solve the problems of tomorrow by thinking about it like that. You you only take away the moment. So here's the here's the here's where we're getting at, and here's where the mindfulness aspects comes in. So remember, we're talking about the pain and the suffering. We cannot avoid the pain. However, suffering something that we do have control over and we do have a choice. So when we hear that voice inside of us, when we hear the voice of suffering, when we hear that voice talking, giving the narrative, giving in perhaps uh, embellished detail about what happened or what imagined we imagined it happened to us uh so here's where the mindfulness comes in mike when we can sit back and we can say whose voice is that whose voice is that so when when sometimes when i hear an angry person speaking or i hear someone who's giving the poor me's okay i never win anything uh, nothing ever good happens in my life. I'm too fat. I'm too stupid. I'm too ugly. Uh, I know I can't do that. I know I'll fail. Sometimes I'll stop them right there, Mike, and I'll say, whose voice is that? Whose voice is that? And my hope is that if there's any takeaway from our today's conversation, it would be be able to step back and say, whose voice is that? So let's let's look at this a little more carefully, Mike. If we're stepping back and we're listening to something, we're listening to a voice, we're listening to these thoughts, what does that tell you? If you can listen to that voice, you're not that voice. How can you listen to something that is that that, that is you? You'd be you'd be you'd be one and the same, would you not? So what this what this I what I like to call an inner critic generally comes from outside circumstances and events, environments, other people that we either grew up in or that we've had some type of traumatic experience from. So what we try to do is help people to separate that. Can we create that can we create that buffer? And this is where the mindfulness aspects come in. Where can we create that buffer between between that narrative, between that inner critic and your true self, your the observer. That's that's where the mindfulness comes in. And when we can do that, then when we're able to listen to that voice non-judgmentally. So what do some people say? They say, I hate that voice. I want to I want to destroy that voice. I never want to listen to that voice. Well, as we often talk about, Mike, what resists persists. What resist persists. And again, this is such a fascinating subject that I believe that we'll explore this further in another podcast. Just touching the surface of, of truth and suffering and pain. So until the next time, I'm joined again by my good friend, my co-host, producer, uh, Mr. Mike. And until then, please, uh, please step back. Please step back. Be able to accurately label and describe. Ask yourself, whose voice is that? Whose voice is that? 
Until we meet again, thank you much. Please check out our website at fishingwithoutfaith.com where you can listen to the show, comment on our discussions, and find out where you can subscribe to our podcast. Fishing Without Bait is a production of Namaste Holistic Counseling, PC.